on the heels of Dino Baber's introductory press conference. This is my conversation with Floyd Little, an extensive broadcast of what Floyd and I had to talk about, starting with, now that the fact that the process is over, does Floyd Little believe that Syracuse has gotten the right guy? That is where we start today in this live show, my conversation with Floyd Little, on if he believes truly that Dino Babers was the best person for the job. Well, no question. I mean, we, we looked at, and I was involved with four interviews. I think I missed two because I was in Vegas with uh, with the ladies' basketball team. So I think I, I think we may have had seven or eight. Okay. I was in either four or five. I can't even remember. <laughs> but, you know, for me, I, had, I was in the process when we hired Doug Marone. This is a better process. We get a chance to look at a person and they get a chance to ask questions and we can all feel them the best we can and we get a chance to ask them questions and they get a chance to ask us questions. So I like this process. And it, it, for me, you know, you can always tell the people, see, I'm a, I'm a guy who observes a lot. Yeah. And it's like uh, if you had a dance and you walked across the room and you asked one of the ladies to dance with you and they said, no, they didn't want to dance with you. I can't convince you to dance with me if you don't want to dance with me. Yeah. And there's a, some of the players, some of the people that we were interviewing didn't want to dance with us. And I knew it myself, but, you know, I needed them to know it. So, uh, Dino wanted to dance with us. So, this is the guy you want. You don't want to convince somebody to dance with you if they only want to dance with you a year or two. You want a guy that's going to be your partner in dance. When you look at Dino Babers here, a lot of fans have said to me in passing that they don't want to see three, four years, another guy, three, four years, another guy. Can fans be hopeful that this is a Dino Babers era that is not going to be another three years and a change? Exactly. And that's why this is the guy I wanted, because he's 54, five years, he'd be 59, 60. Ain't nobody going to hire anybody at 60. <laughs> so I, for me, you know, you needed to have the stability. Yeah. We've had 10 coaches and I mean, four coaches in 10 years. We didn't want that. We didn't want it to be a stopping off point where guys 34, 35 had a little success with a team that had some some success. Now he's a hot commodity because he was either the offensive or defensive coordinator. We really wanted a coach that uh, has some stability. Mm-hmm some security, a guy who had been there before. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we, we needed and wanted a guy who had head coaching experience. We have not had that in the past, and therefore we've gotten burned. But with a guy who's had head coaching experience, and if you look at his pedigree and look at all the places that he's been and the things that he's done and what he's done were at Bowling Green, you had a guy that had all of those qualities that you really wanted in a coach. Uh, we just wanted him to want us. We wanted him. That's that's the one who would stand out. There were some other coaches we interviewed, and I won't go into that, that had that. But they didn't want to dance with us. And you you can you can tell. Yeah. If you've been in the room enough, you know who wanted to dance with you and who don't. And that's why I like Dino more than any of them, because he... He was a guy, and you heard some of the things he said today, that anybody that committed to Bowling Green, 
He don't want him to decommit to come. He's got integrity. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't have that. He's a guy who's been on the board, bo- the borderline of old school and new school. So he understands both sides. And, you know, a lot of the younger people we, we interviewed don't understand the old side of it. Yeah. He talked about his players. He'll be truthful with them. He'll tell them the truth. And he'll be honest with them. When you have players that's tweeting out about how great he was as a coach, and we're going to miss him, but we wish him the best. Uh, rather than, oh, that guy, he left us, he, he, he got me to come here, and now he's done. You know, he, he hit none of that. Yeah. His dad is a 20, 30-year military Navy guy. He's got that experience of the discipline. I mean, he had all of that. I mean, the check, all of the check marks. When you look at a, a box, when you start checking the boxes, yeah, he checked all the boxes. And a lot of guys didn't check all the boxes. So I think we got the best possible guy we can get. Not going, and I know you don't want to go into the people that were interviewed, but did you walk out of interview saying, we don't want them, or was it they don't want us? Was it mutual? When you look back on some of those people that didn't check all the boxes, how did you leave some of those rooms? Well, I didn't say that, you know, they didn't want us. I just knew. I mean, it's just something you know. As a person that's been around as long as I have, and you know a lot of things, just your your, your heart and your experience let you know about people's personalities by certain de- their demeanor you yeah. know how they how they behave how they look at you how they you know how they relaxed or how they firm how they're trying to make an impression or how do, they don't care what kind of impression they make yeah you know just certain things that you pick up at all the years that I've been in the car business for 32 years <laughs> and interviewing people I know who wanted to dance with me and who didn't. I know who would produce and who wouldn't. I know who would be productive and who wouldn't. I know who had integrity and who didn't. I know the people who was interviewing and they want to know what, what's, how many breaks did they get to the day and what is, how many sick days do I get and what, what kind of uh, vacation program. I didn't want them. They were more interested in benefits yeah. than the job. And when you've had enough experience with people like that, then you get to know. Well, Dino, he, he checked all the boxes, and some of the other guys didn't. What we're saying, I know you talked about some of it, but what was it about Dino specifically that when you're sitting in a room interviewing him, what were some things that stuck out to you that you just took a step back and said, wow, we have not seen a guy like this in the interview process so far? What were those lasting points that he gave you? Well, he's pretty confident. He knows that he has had the exposure uh, in the game. He's got a great resume. I look at the 44 players he's touched and he put in the National Football League. And he just knows his his stuff, if you will. He knows how to motivate and how to uh, make things happen. Like I said, there's three kinds of people in the world. Those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those that don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. And he's and, and, and I like I like his demeanor. I, I think that we really lucked out and got out of all of the coaches that were, and it was like 13, 14 jobs available. And we interviewed a lot of these guys who got some of these jobs. And I look at we got the best one. As quiet as it's kept. When you really look at the history and the pedigree and, and the resume. 
we were fortunate to get Adino papers. How, from the time of interview to him saying yes, what was the time period within that? Was it was it a quick, yeah, you know what, I want this job, we want him, he wants us? Bring me through kind of the process of first talking to Dino and then Dino saying yes. Well, he was never, he would never commit. I mean, like I said, he's got integrity, he's got loyalty. He says, I can't do anything until after my game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to commit to you or anybody else. After the MAC championship? Whatever. After the MAC championship. I, I, I owe this to my players. This is what makes you want a guy like that. When he can say to you, I don't want to have this conversation. I know there will be opportunities available for me. But I am right now dedicated and obligated to my team. And when that's over, 30 seconds after that game, then we can have some conversation. He's got integrity. You don't find that in a lot of people. He's honest. He's respectful. He's trustworthy. Yeah. All of the qualities of a if they call a Hall of Famer, there's trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. There's six basic qualities of a Hall of Famer, not just in, in sports, but in life. Yeah. And when you find a person with these qualities, they are Hall of Fame qualities in life. And Dino represents all of the basic ingredients that a Hall of Famer has. And he's a Hall of Fame coach and will be. When he says to you, 30 seconds after the game, we can talk, we can go from there. Were you out there in Ohio with him? Did he come here? How did it all kind of go down that once he said, all right, Floyd, Mark, Herm, we can talk, how did that all come about? He did, it didn't come about. We uh, talked with his representative okay. for the most part. His, his representative is a very quality guy. He had conversations with, with the Dino, and he says, when this game is over, we'll have a conversation, and we can work out a deal. There you go. Knowing- I, like, I like you guys. I've looked at what you are and who you are, and I think I can make a difference. But I can't tell you until after the game. He already had his, he, he did his due diligence. He knows who we are. Knew who I was, and who went to school here, you know what our, our our culture was and our legacy had been, and and he wanted to be a part of it. He says, you guys have always had a great educational background. You always wanted to do great things for your student-athletes. He said, I want to be a part of that. Being a guy who's an educator himself, master's degree, graduated from Hawaii, his kids are in, in school and has done well. This is the kind of guy you want. He's a community-oriented, family kind of guy that holds that in high esteem. So I liked him from the beginning. We saw eye to eye together because I knew he was from both sides, old school, new school. What parts of the old school and the new school does he bring when you look at old school and you look at the new school? What are those elements that you think he bonds together? Integrity. You can, in my day, your word was your bond. I gave you my word, you could take that to the bank. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't commit to you today and decommit tomorrow. That's the difference. That's what he brings. He brings old school element of, I'll talk to you guys when the game's over, you got my word. When somebody says that 
today, it doesn't mean as much as it did years ago. Yeah. Your word has no value today. My word, I don't own anything today more valuable than my word. Right. That's what he represents. When did you first get to meet him and, and be in front of him and get to see who he was eye to eye? Today. We really had a chance before you guys came on scene. We had talked. We had mutual friends in San Diego where he lived. I used to watch you, man. <laughs> you were something else. You haven't changed a bit. Look at you. You know, I mean, we were able to connect. Yeah. From sports is a true true connector of people or men for the most part. And he said he was a fan of mine and uh, watched me when I used to come play the Chargers where he lived with his dad being in the Navy. He used to jump the fence and sneak in. And uh, he said the prices wasn't what they are today, but uh, <laughs> he says, I've watched you. And he named the stadiums. Uh, it wasn't Qualcomm then. It was, I forget the name of the stadium, but they've been changed, name has changed three times. Yeah. So, but he's a, he's a guy that we had a nice visit. He was in a, uh, train uh, he had an opportunity to go to uh, the Naval Academy I got an appointment from Senator Humphreys before he became Vice President to go to Army I was recruited by General MacArthur down at uh, Waldorf Astoria so we had you know and his dad said dad, he said when he, he decided not to go to uh, Navy decided to go to Hawaii he was sharing with me he says well my dad said, I've done a lot of things. I've raised a lot of folk, but I never thought I'd raise a fool. He kind of laughed. We just, we just laughed because his dad wanted him to go to, to the Naval Academy. Yeah. And uh, just like everybody wanted me to go to West Point. And uh, I decided after speaking with Ernie Davis that I'd come to Syracuse, which is, for me, is one of the best decisions I made. But, you know, having that relationship you know, that understanding of the two of us had appointments to military academies. Uh, he decides to go to Hawaii and captain the team two years. I decided to go to Syracuse, captain the team two years. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we have some things in common, and we were able to, you know, rely on those things that we've had. And coming from a military background, two years of military school, I mean, we, we, had, we had a lot to talk about but there's so many other things that he had to get done and we will talk more you know later on as he gets settled in when you look at the history of it all being the first african-american coach for syracuse football does that hold a special weight and a special meaning to you knowing the barriers that jim brown ernie davis yourself broke down as players does it mean something to you to not only see that the 30th coach is African-American, but to be a part of bringing him in? Does that have a, a special weight to this era of Syracuse football for you? That wasn't one of the number one indicators for me. You know, interviewing all of the coaches, it didn't matter what color they were. He just happens to be African-American, and I thought being the first one, the 30th in our school's history, that how great is that? that I'm here, and uh, but that wasn't one of the factors. I wasn't trying to please anybody, but putting together the right coach for our program for now. He could have been pink, 
as far as I was concerned. Yeah. That, you know, just saying because of he's being an African American, we should give him consideration. No, his his uh, resume speaks for himself. You won't find a better coach for Syracuse University than than uh, Coach Babers. I liked him. I liked his personality. I think uh, his record speaks for itself. But it's nice to think that after since the 1800s, Syracuse have had 29 coaches in the past, and now we finally get an African American coach. While I'm here, and and was on the committee, but I stood back and I let everybody else have their dialogue, and I would add my two cents. All I we'll talk about is how fast can you get us where we need to be and what do you need from us and uh, I think we got the best possible coach that wanted to dance with us now you got to remember you know there's coaches that don't want to dance with you they just want to just test drive the car I've had in the car business I've had a lot of people want to test drive a Lincoln yeah but they never bought it (laughs) they just want to see what it felt like what it rode like and yeah, and just to say that I, I I drove a Lincoln. Yeah, but they didn't want to buy it. Here's a guy that wanted to be a part of us, and he says you got great history, you got tra- great tradition, you guys had had great reputation. You're scrappy. You guys got great educational uh, opportunities for our young student athletes. What could be better? What could be better, Dad? And that's what makes him. I think this is just me. I'm not speaking for Herm or or the Chancellor. Who, in fact, the Chancellor was in every meeting. Uh, these are the people I said. This is the right guy for us. I didn't have to say anything. All I have to do is say, you know, <laughs> yay or nay, or you know, I had just had one vote. So uh, the majority of the people in the room felt that this guy was the best choice for us. I didn't have to say anything. Before I let you go, another part of history, doing some research, I believe that this is the first time since 1937 that Syracuse has hired a current head coach to be the next head coach. I believe it's 78 years. Ben Schwartzwalder was, I believe, had not been the head coach. I think he was in the military. Don McPherson was in the NFL as an assistant, obviously the more recent coaches, but I believe it's been something like 78 years since wow. a head coach became a head coach. Well, don't you think it's a great hire? We finally got <laughs> a head coach after 78 years who had the experience, I mean, who had sat in the seat, who's been battle-tested. I mean, this is what we needed right now. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that say, well, this would be a better fit, better match. We thought that we wanted a guy that would be here loyal, long time, long term, not two years and gone, uh, a guy who had been battle tested, yeah, a guy who had been a head coach, yeah, a guy that had a, a philosophy. We wasn't hiring a defensive coordinator. We wasn't hiring an offensive coordinator. We were hiring a coach that understood both sides of the ball and that has some, some skill levels that had played at the highest level that you can play at and had coached at the highest level that you can coach and had coached a couple of uh, potential Heisman. I mean, I knew he had, taught, he had, he had coached uh, RG3. So here's a guy who was a part of a program that was no program to one in the top ten, Baylor. So he's been through that with Broyles. He's been through 
rebuilding. I don't know that we need to rebuild. We just have to retune because I think we have players that can play. We just don't have enough of them. Uh, so we're not. He, he, he's coming with a with a with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. So he don't have a bare cupboard, but he has to do some retweaking and some retooling and get the right system in where the players that we got can take advantage of his system that he has and he can add to it. And I like the fact that he says we got to get players from our own backyard. Got to reach out to New York, New York State, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio. And we'll get a few players here out of Illinois, a few players here out of Texas, a few players here out of uh, out of Florida. I mean, he's got the right idea, I, 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 and I think he's right because when I look at rosters from other schools down in Florida and other places, else, they got New York players, New Jersey players, Pittsburgh players. Yeah. Well, well what about us? Why didn't <laughs> they want to come here? Well, I think he has the personality, and hopefully the coaching staff that can reach out to some of these players. He's got the charismatic or the, the chemistry that uh, he can talk to a parent and, and, and let his parent know that they're going to get every opportunity to succeed in his program and get an education. He believes in student-athlete. Uh, he said that more than once. He's, you know, you're a student-athlete, and that's my thing. You're a student-athlete. You're not an athlete. You're a student-athlete. So, and the same, the coils feels the same way. They're athletes. I mean, they're, they're students. They're not student-athletes. They're students. Let's give them the best experience that we can give them while they're here at Syracuse University. And that's what he, we want to do. That's what he wants to do. I think that's what his philosophy is. The more I listen to him, the more I look at him, the more I, I hear him. And uh, when he said to close your eyes and you're going to see a high-powered... And I saw his, his team uh, on Friday night, uh, Bowling Green, and I'm like, wow. And we had some success with a little bit of that offense with Hackett. We were running 90 plays a game, and you yeah. know, and it was exciting, and then we went to two bowl games as a result of it. So I think we can get back to that. I think we can recruit based on that. I think the success he's had as a coach can help attract more players. I think the fact that he is uh, in the ACC and he says we should be able to compete at that level, and I thought we I thought we had a chance to, to do it this year, but you know, unfortunately we fell short. But I thought we hung in there with the plays that we had, and they're all, you know, 80% of them that was making plays for us are sophomores and freshmen. So, you know, you know, you can build. You can take these guys, and you can get these, coach them up, if you will, yeah. to where they compete at that level, and they will be able to have the confidence to finish. The only thing I've said in all the interviews is they just have to learn how to finish. If when they learn how to finish, and they protect the ball, and make no mistakes, or few mistakes, and have fun. I mean, these are the things that are just you should have in college. And if you're not having any fun because you're losing, yeah. and you're not protecting the ball because you you don't you know believe in what you're doing, or I don't even I don't know why you would drop a ball. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. So we we have a, a, a little culture to change a little bit. Get back in the winter ways that we know we can. And I think you'll find a very different team. The only concern I have is the, is, is the fans. I don't know what kind of fans that we've had that they don't come out, and I hope that they will they come out to support this guy. I know we as people you know, on staff, we will support him 100%. 
But he said, they'll come back when we win. All right? If you want to wait till we win, wait. But we will win. And then you'll come back. And everything will be great. But if you don't want to come back yet, that's okay. But we will win. Then we'll see you. I like that. I like that quiet confidence. I walked in the the locker room of the Green Bay Packers playing the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. And uh, all, of, all of the players were saying to me, be quiet. Don't say anything. Because <laughs> we were three point three touchdown underdog. He said, we got this. And all Shanahan said in the locker was, hey guys, we're not picked to win this game. Let's go out and show them what kind of team we got. That's all he said. Let's just go out and show him what kind of team we got. When I didn't beat him, that's the kind of guy he is. Let's go show him what kind of team we got, and he's gonna do.